podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Well, they walked into Madrid with hope in their hearts. And they'll walk away with the greatest prize in club football. Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool's King to the Cot are champions of Europe once again. Hi everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Quarantined Cop and Fracas. Uh, I am your host, Christian, uh, and today I am joined by Ellis. Hello mate. How are you doing brother? How are you doing in the uh, lockdown penitentiary? Oh, I'm struggling man, struggling, I just want freedom man, I just want freedom. <laughs> I, think, I was reading something earlier actually about um, apparently the fine's only 30 quid. Oh, man, I can hack that. It's like you can hack that, you know what I mean? <laughs> I hack that. As I was thinking, there's going to be some dangerously horny individuals that are going to be racking up fines <laughs> like nothing. It's just, it's just, it's going to be crazy in these streets. I've been a couple of men saying that they're, they're going to run from like halfway through London just for, you know, just for some fun times. <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. I think the old, uh, the old city bikes might be in a uh, frequent order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, mate. And we're actually joined today by a new guest, uh, Anik. Evening, all. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Thank you for joining us on the pod. Uh, glad to have you on board. No worries. Pleasure. No, no Pleasure. problem. Uh, there's always there's always, there's always uh, like a few questions we ask to ask our new guests. So I guess I'll start off with a little bit of a nice icebreaker. Uh, tell us a few things about yourself and why you support LFC. Okay, so uh, yeah, I've been. Liverpool fan since oh, 97 now so uh, yeah it's been it's been a long journey as a Liverpool fan I've seen the good times as well as you know the tough ones as well uh, the reason why I support LFC um, is because that was the first match I went to it was uh, 
pre-season match back in '98, I think, against Inter Milan, uh, and I just fell in love with the place. So I went up to Anfield and just, you know, fell in love with the aura, the place, and and yeah, my, my uncle bought me a shirt, and you know, I've I've stuck to the Reds ever since. Oh, I love that. I, I makes me feel a little bit warm inside, actually. I, I I always love a little bit, love a good story like that. Yeah, and you know, you know, once you once you support them, you know, it's, you have to stick with them. It's true. It's like you said, like. Uh, and I mean, <laughs> with the good times and the bad times. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, the tough ones as well. It's been a few tough times, but yeah, it's been some amazing moments as well. No, brilliant, mate. Uh, glad to, again, glad to have you on board. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a different one uh, in terms of the format of the pod this week as, well, to be quite frank, we don't really have that much to talk about. Um, I mean, I, we, I did float around the idea of uh, answering a few uh, relationship problems, but that was vetoed. Uh, so we might save that for our Miss Info Cop and Fracas podcast uh, for next week. Um, but we're going to do something a little bit different where we're going to talk about a few what-if scenarios uh, in LFC history. Uh, so it could be a wide range of things from a different era, different eras and def- different decades. So we'll actually kick off with the you know the biggest what if elephant in the room, which is what if Steven Gerrard didn't slip? And L, I'll go to you first on this one. Yeah, what it's, if he didn't slip? Um, it's it's a bit it's a big what if, isn't it? Because there's a lot must... there's a lot of wheels that probably don't fall off. Yep. Uh... If he didn't slip, do we? But the thing is, if he didn't slip, do we still get a draw? Do we go on and win? Um, bearing in mind we have like a, we had a half fit Sturridge on the bench. Um, we didn't have no Jordan Henderson. Um, did Coutinho play that game? I think he did. I think Phil did play that game. Um, do we break down Chelsea? Uh, let's say we do win the game. Let's say he doesn't slip, we win it. Let's say we nick it one nil, two nil. Do we beat Palace? Yeah. I mean, do we mm-hmm. go and beat Palace? Do we beat Newcastle? Do we win the title? There is in in the last three games there are so many so many things that, that happen, especially between um Chelsea and Palace. Like what if what if Victor Moses scored that open goal? Yeah. What happens then? Um so it's yeah. That that was a big one, man. Does 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 Brendan? What if we win that game, win the rest of the games, and then become champions? Does Brendan Rodgers still be at Liverpool at this time? Because bearing in mind that's like what five, six, nearly six years ago. Would we have Jurgen Klopp as manager? Exactly. Yeah. Would we have Jurgen Klopp? Would we be where we are now? Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest what if, isn't it? Really, if we if we do have Klopp as manager. Yeah. yeah. Do we? Do we like build the type of team, the sustainable model that we have now? If um, if we do win the league that time, how do we do in the Champions League? Does Suarez leave if we win the league? Yeah. It's, 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 there's a lot. There's a lot there. So I'm, um, what do you guys? I personally think. I personally think if we had won it, I still think that uh, Brendan probably would have done two, three more years. Then probably try to test, test, you know, test his will because the type of character he is, he I wouldn't say he's like a egomaniac, but it's his way or the highway. And I think the temperature in the in the boardroom would have got a bit hotter because he would have had so much leverage in winning the title 
it would have made a lot of um it would have made a lot of noise and tried to shape the club in his own image and maybe he would have rubbed rubbed off a bit on a few people. Yeah, I mean I think I'll agree with that. Um I mean for me the twenty fourteen season, you know, I think if we had gone on to win it, I think that would have been one of the greatest achievements, you know, in our recent history. But only because we weren't the best team in the league. And mm -hmm. I think just at the turn of 2014, you know, we went on a, a solid run. And then all of a sudden, you know, momentum started to gather. You know, I'm sure you'd agree with me. You know, at the start of the year, we were never tipped to win the league. And, um, you know, I, I think it would have been you know, one of the greatest achievements. Um, but then on the flip side, I don't I don't think we'll be where we are today. I think uh, Brendan, you know, would have used that as leverage. Um, was Suarez Hart in it? You know, he had just won the league. Would he still be looking for a move, you know? Um, sort of all these things come into your mind. It's a weird one, the Suarez one, because I still... Cause I, I remember rightly, wasn't he told that he could leave the summer after? Um, yeah. Just, just in terms of the calibre of club that was after him. So I still think he would have left. The, the, bigger, the bigger what if to me, um, and I think you've both, both raised it, is term, in terms of the, it might be a bit harsh to say this, but the Messiah complex that is kind of surrounding Brendan Rodgers and his approach to transfers at LFC more than anything. So uh, you, you probably find that Michael Edwards isn't in a position there um, yeah, and that transfer window for 2014-2015 season probably stays the same in certain certain aspects or is possibly worse you know what I mean so that possibly that Benteke transfer is a year a, a year ahead or, were, we, were we in for Sanchez as well? would he have come? or was his heart always set on London? Yeah, I think I think. Do you remember the whole palaver about that? that yeah. Like he's yeah, apparently, yeah. apparently his wife wanted to live in London. They turned exactly. out he didn't even have a wife. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, um, Brendan Rodgers and uh, Ian Eyre were living it up on the beach whilst Isa Wenger was out there mashing work, and he was just too slow with it. Tough time. That was tough so, times. Those those are tough times, man. Uh, but yeah I think it's a, it's a very good point that Alec made as well that it would have been a, a fantastic achievement had it happened just on the, the, the quality and of course, strength of, of that course. squad because it, it was yeah. it was really weak and it was, it was. weak and week on week it was just flying on momentum and it was flying off the back of you know uh, Suarez having an unbelievable season possibly one of the best we've seen in English football uh, yeah. Daniel Sturridge being top top class um, better yeah. Better than Harry Kane. Uh, <laughs> you can quote me on that one, as there was a little bit debate, a little bit of a debate about that over the weekend. Um, I, I get, uh, you know, the, the last great Steven Gerrard season. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he, put, he put everything he had into that. One of the more underrated Jordan Henderson seasons uh, as well. I mean, I'm not sure it was a thing whereby it would have been absolutely mental to win the, the league with that kind of defence. I mean, conceding 50 goals and winning a league title would have been unheard of and absolutely crazy. Should we just, crazy. Should we, should we just cycle through some of the defenders that were in that 
in that system for that time. Oh. So we had uh, Big Alice Isoko on loan, uh, <laughs> who was. To be fair, I think uh, I think someone said it in the group the other week. I remember that goal that uh, Suarez scored against West Brom, where it was a header from outside the box. It was literally because yeah. the, the, the cross from Alice Isoko was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair to him, it was, he got tackled. So he's gone in for a tackle and the ball's ricocheted off of him into Suarez's path. Yeah. And he's, then he's absolutely bulleted his head off. <laughs> I think that that's just like that's just synonymous of his um his like Liverpool career. He was he was very, very oh could I say messy on the ball. He was a big, big lad. A bit messy on the ball. But yeah, so it was him, there was John Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. John Flanagan. Don't well, know how to start. To him. Nah, he just fell off. He fell off. I think he again he was riding on the momentum. Yeah. That majority of the Liverpool team. There was him, there was um Skirtle. Yeah. Sacco. Big Migs in goal. Who started who started that season actually? Well, I remember him saving a penny against Villa the first game of the season. Stoke, was it? Yeah. No, Stoke. 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 Yeah. Stoke. Stoke. Yeah, because we played Stoke that home. first game of the season, didn't we? And then I think it was Villa the yeah. week after. And so, yeah, Stu- yeah, so that was that. Um, cause obviously, Suarez was still suspended, and yeah. Sturridge. I think we were winning games like one nil, one nil, one nil, and yeah, every game was basically just decided by Daniel Sturridge being just top class. It was here. He scored against Stoke. He scored a win against Villa, and he scored a win against United. Yeah, that was the first three games we had of that season. Who else did we have? Uh, Glenn Johnson, the legend, that is. Yeah, Glenn Johnson, the legend. So it was, it was a, yeah. If we had won the title with that team, mate, I would, I would have been asking questions. It was almost, <laughs> it was almost like the Leicester title win. Yeah. In terms of like, not, not great players at the back. Mm-hmm. Now, to actually, it was different because Leicester was more organised than this Liverpool team. Who do you reckon actually had the had the better squad between the two? 13-14 Leicester or 15-16 Leicester? Leicester. Yeah, or 13-14 Liverpool. Um, yeah. I would say 13-14 Liverpool. I think yeah, some, some, of the, some of the performances we put in, you know, you could just get you off your seat. I mean, at the back it was shocking, but I think yeah. in terms of watching a team, I think, I think it would be Liverpool. Yeah, I think, that, I mean, the performance against Arsenal at home, yeah, because that, that, that was such a weird season. Because I, I generally thought by Christmas that Arsenal were probably going to win that league because they were yeah, playing, yeah, they were yeah. playing brilliant football. Like Urs, so it, yeah, that was prime I mean, Urzel Ramsey. Uh, oh, Ramsey was on form that season. Yeah, uh, Giroud was yeah. playing really well. They still had Arteta midfield pulling, but Wilshere was still doing well. Mm. Yeah, they had a decent team. I thought they were going to win it, but um, it was after they it's after they slapped us at um yeah the Emirates. Yeah, November. yeah yeah they slapped us up two 0 in November I, just, I think yeah yeah November yeah I just read off the season after that because I was so embarrassed <laughs> that was probably, yeah that was probably it wasn't really a good performance that game it was all over the place I think that was the emergence of Flanagan that's when Flanagan. Yeah. To the team. Remember the goal he scored against Tottenham when we Tottenham, beat him, I think, oh, at the late. That's another great, great performance there. What was the score there? Like 5 1? 5 1 away. 5 yeah. 1, yeah. 
that, yeah, that was that something. Was, um, that was, Suarez captain for that game. Yeah. 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 And he scored that lovely chip. That was, that was a very good performance. That yeah. was a very good performance. There's some really so, yeah, good, there's, of, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's, some just, there's just some so many good iconic moments from that season. Uh, from goals cool. from goals to performances, both individual and team. Um it's it's just not it's, it's a nice one to remember. It's just a shame that you know they they can't wait empty handed, but uh, yeah. you know, I think it was it's it's, it's a weird one, right? so that you, the way you can kind of rationalise it is that slip was a catalyst to be where we are now. Yeah, it was, it was. I mean, um after the, after that season, after that season, things just started to unravel. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, we've lost Suarez. Um, we're, we're dependent on Sterling. Sturridge can't stay fit. Uh, Stevie's on his last legs. We brought in Ricky Lambert, Bal- Balotelli. We've it's made a whole. Yeah. That, that, that Balotelli transfer, by the way. That, that could be another one if what we signed Etu instead of Balotelli. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I remember was <laughs> in Yeah, that Balotelli transfer one of the biggest heartbreaks because I actually thought the way he was playing for AC Milan the season before because he was playing actually fairly fairly decent, wasn't he? And he was yeah, bagging a yeah, few goals. Yeah. I looked like okay, cool. He's um, I, I hate saying I hate saying this, but like he changed his attitude and he changed his outlook on how he wants to kind of be viewed as a professional and how he you know operates in terms of his teammates and stuff. And then yeah. I think he's, I think he scored like what two goals for the entire season. Oh man, yeah. he scored against Ludogorets and Tottenham. And Spurs, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, yeah. Then, you, then you're getting benched for you, but you're basically not playing because you know Ricky Lambert, who was essentially like a make a wish kid at that point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was starting games, and you know we're playing Stern as false nine. It was just it was just so disappointing. It was it was yeah. really bad. It was really bad. I was. I was really just. Dis- I don't know if I was disappointed in in Balotelli or was I disappointed in Rogers. I think it was probably them, a mixture of both of them, really. Yeah, yeah. It was like we went into that season, you know, with such false hope. You know, yeah. remember the first yeah. game of the season? You know, we won three 0 and I think Moreno scored, and we're like, oh, this guy, you know, he's gonna, you know, it's like we had a miss Suarez, <laughs> and then yeah, just just changed, didn't it? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. The, the, the wheels fell off so early in that season that even though we went on that was it a sixteen game unbeaten run something yeah, yeah. something yeah. crazy Off when we swapped swapped Off that Man United. yeah um that's one matter we saw because that day wasn't it um yeah. and yeah. you know we started playing free at the back and he was just doing everything just to kind of like make a redemption of the season got knocked out of the Champions League by Besiktas not the Champions League uh, the Europa League and got knocked out in the Champions League Europe. group stage didn't we yeah yeah. So, and then the semi, then the semi final lost to Villa. Just ah, that was painful. Do you know? Do you know what was synonymous with that semi final defeat? It was lovering it ninety minutes, absolutely belting it. Yeah, about thirty yards over the. I thinking, yeah, that's just yeah. Even I said, I think that season we lost to Arsenal. No, we got beaten up with like four one or three one at the Emirates. Yeah, got we really did. Beaten. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Because that didn't Sanchez score? Yeah, he scored. Yeah, wow. That was a that was a toss. Then the following season after that, I think 2015, 16. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah. So that 13-4 was just a catalyst of two hard seasons after that. Then, then Klopp's here. 
cup, I mean, Crazy. Yeah, cup, it's, it's the greatest thing. It's, it's the greatest. It's possibly the greatest thing that's happened in terms of Klopp being here um, from that point of view. Because with the way the fifteen sixteen went and the way the fifteen sixteen, if it would have gone the exact same way, at least if he would have won the league in thirteen fourteen. Well, sorry, if if fourteen fifteen would have gone the way it did, um, and he had thirteen fourteen the league title in the bank, he'd have probably got the entire fifteen sixteen season as well. So yeah. It's 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 definitely it's definitely a, a curious what if um, one that if you could go to a different timeline and see that. Do you reckon it? Gerard? Do you reckon Gerard would have stayed for fourteen fifteen if we won it in thirteen fourteen? I think he. I think if I remember rightly, that he got given a really crappy crappy contract, didn't he? And that's, yeah, that's why right. he wanted to leave. Yeah. No, at the, so if we had won the league in thirteen fourteen, would he have stayed for the next year? Oh, I think he probably would have retired right after that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't his last game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have made sense. But because I remember watching it, it was on, um, was it the Gary, Gary, that thing that Gary Neville does on Sky Sports, the soccer box one. Um, mm. And they, they, were, they were talking about it, and he said that one of the reasons that he actually left was. The, the contract wasn't wasn't great that he was offered, and he didn't want to feel like he was taking time and minutes away from from all the other players that deserved it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is mad when you think about it, because like you know, it's Steven Gerrard. He's you know one of the icons, one of the great great Premier League players. But yeah, and it's, it's one of those because then what six seven months later, Klopp comes in, and you know he's always said that he would have you know loved to play for Klopp as well. So it's just. So many what ifs, really. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been crazy. Because I, I, the weird thing is, I've got to see him playing like under centre back under Klopp. Just the way that obviously we press and stuff. Something crazy. It'll be wild, but hey. Um, okay, so the next what if scenario I, I want to talk about is something that's a little bit near and dear to, to my heart, and I know it's a little bit near and dear to Ellis's heart as well. So, what if? We would have signed Nicholas and Elka instead of El Hajj Juve in 2000 oh, and, it was 2002. Yeah, it was after the World Cup. Yeah, it was after. The, yeah, it was after the World Cup. The World I think it might be. I think it might be during the World Cup. Now I'm looking back at it. Yeah, probably because it was it was so weird. Cause I I genuinely remember the evening that we actually signed an Elka on loan from PSG, yeah. and it was. It was weird because you could negotiate transfers and stuff in December, and he actually went on like yep. a fairly decent scoring run. And it was like I remember a few games where it was him and Heskey, him and Owen, and they played the synergy. They played, they played really well. He he was a really good player, isn't he? so he could definitely fit in at any whoever because mm-hmm. he was quick enough to get. So if he was to play up front with Heskey, he was quick enough to get in behind. Yeah. And if he was to play up front with Owen, he was smart enough to play that that withdrawn role. Um, I think Anelka is probably one of the um, most probably underrated players, just because he moved about a lot. But I mean, if you look at what he done at Man City and especially at Bolton, yeah, then uh, later on at Chelsea, um, it shows that he was he was a talented player. Um, I think signing. Signing Diaz was absolutely mental. But obviously, Fahi, Fahi said um, 
in the group chat, the reasoning behind signing Dioff, which was again absolutely mental, and the fact that the fact that people just let it happen, it's craziness. It was absolutely mental. It was, um, mad. yeah. It's, it's, it's mad because I think signing an Elka would have helped us at least push a bit forward because the season before that we finished what I think second or third. So the season that he, the season that we brought him in on loan, it was after the treble season, wasn't it? And that was the season that we finished second. We finished. I think we finished second, uh, two thousand, two thousand and one, and we've done that. We've done the treble cups. Then the following season, I think we finished third. Yeah, that's no, I, that's right. I think, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think we finished third. So now we'll just we'll just like. We're up there, so we just we just need another couple, maybe one more player, just just to push us up again. Which ironically, I saw a video of um, Neville and Carragher talking about like what set apart Arsenal and Liverpool. Yeah, like Julio was buying all these. I don't mean to disrespect for all these like up and coming French players, and obviously Julio had ties with agents who had all these good African players coming through. But then a um, was. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> uh, allegedly, anyway. Yeah, so, um, then Wenger was going straight to the source and picking up the lights of Will Tord, Robert Perez, Thierry Henry, mm-hmm. Patrick Vieira, Emmanuel Petit. And sometimes when I look back at it, I'm thinking, someone like Julio, who was like the national coach of France, like surely he should have been on point with all these young talented players coming through in the French ranks can and you, why can, is he not can you, can you name any from that era that we probably could have got the only one I can really think of is Sidney Govu I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> FIFA, oh, yeah. FIFA legend Sidney Govu yeah from, from Lyon Lyon yeah yeah probably yeah like, but the thing is with with like Julie he will go and get someone like Bruno Sheru who was Allegedly, the news it done. Oh. We, de- oh, we, we, we have lived pain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, got, he got Alu Diara, who he never played. Now, I I said this the other day to a few of my other, few of my other friends, to Liverpool fans, and they did and they could not recall who Alu Diara was. And he, Wait, le- le- legitimately, the only reason that I remember him was because we signed him. And then he got loaned out for about three different seasons and ended up at Marseille. Yeah. He ended up at Marseille. Then after a while, he ended up in a, in a France team. I was thinking, look at this guy. Like, he's a French international who could have played for Liverpool. He was he was one of his labelled Nes Vieira as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Again, so yeah, looking looking back at it, like signing, not signing an Elka probably was a, was a bit of a mistake and obviously saying it oh, it was down to his um, challenging attitude which again I think is just an easy cop out for teams mm-hmm. teams, uh, team, teams do that so easy just label players oh yeah don't want him because of his um, of his attitude or something I, I watched a video of Harry Rennap and Harry Rennap was talking about Kanu um, he signed Kanu for Portsmouth innit? and he said he just made a statement and it stood out to me he said that oh, if he if he wasn't good enough, we would have just made him fail his medical. So I'm thinking, what fucking football team could just do that? Just make him fail your medical? Like, oh yeah, there's something wrong with it. Like it. Same as we saw, we saw with Fakir. We pulled out, oh yeah, something wrong with his medical. We don't like it. 
again, the same thing with Anelka. Oh, yeah, we didn't even like his attitude. And, but then you've got to sign Elijah Diaz, who was no, no saint. No, not at all. <laughs> Possibly one of the biggest pr- pricks in football. <laughs> oh, man, easily. Uh, easily. He, he was just a why-not merchant. Um, yeah. I remember, remember him um, spitting in the fans against Celtic. Yeah. And then I think he swore that he didn't do it or something. Yeah, and like, the cameras picked up. And he scored like two goals in his entire season there. Um, the, only, so, yeah. oh, the only Liverpool number nine to go through an entire season by scoring a goal. That was horrendous. Imagine that man are talking about Firmino now. Imagine him. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Uh, we should ask, the, ask Mr. Mr. Julian about that, how he would have reacted oh, to. <laughs> oh, but people would have been. People dying. would have been on his neck. Neck. On his neck. Every game, bro. Every game. Bro. So, yeah. That's another what if, man. What if we were signing now instead of the off where we would have been? And like, going back to the point, like, was there any up-and-coming players that we could have signed or who would have come to us? I'm sure I'm sure they would have, they would have come to us if we spoke about it. Or maybe if Liverpool were doing well because Arsenal already won a league title in '97. Um, yeah, I mean Arsenal were king. Yeah. Arsenal were yeah, king, exactly. kingmakers in that era. Yeah, yeah. They were, yeah. So at that time they had Vieira and Petit playing well. So that's going back to the French team. They can see how oh yeah, it's dandy over here. So then you can get another guy. So when they they starting to bed in kind of Fabregas um, and Van Persie during that time yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean they were, they were above us, man. But yeah. Again, I think like going back, if you look back at it, Liverpool have this thing whereby at one point it was always was always missing one player, but we end up buying four players, then they just uh, mess yeah. the whole vibe. The, the the mythical missing piece. Yeah, we always just missed one player, but then in trying to get that one player, we end up buying four players, and it will just mash up the whole thing. You're thinking, what's the point? The only time, the only time I've ever heard the missing piece thing ring true. It's genuinely Virgil. Literally. It's the only time it's ever happened. Only time I've seen, yeah, yeah, he's the missing piece. And he's the only time I've seen a missing piece actually work Harry, to a certain extent. Because Harry Kuehl was meant to be the missing piece at one point. Yeah. And he was just, yeah, yeah. Just, to say he wasn't there, he was just bare injured all the time. <laughs> Robbie Keane <laughs> maybe at one point as well. Yeah. As, yeah, Robbie Keane was uh, mis- labelled a missing piece. To be fair, Robbie Keane, I think that's another what if. What if he stayed to the end of the season? Uh, with the amount of times that Torres got injured that season, he would have been right. was quite the asset. Right, like I was talking to someone on Twitter about it, and um, he said, they say that, that 08 or 09. No, wait, that's 2013. No, sorry. But yeah, that 08 or 09 had to be got a, a semi-decent striker to fill in for Torres, I'm sure we would have won the title because bearing in mind we only lost two games within the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from, from January to about from January to May we drew quite a few times but I think from about March to May we just ended up on this mental winning run. Yeah. I can remember the games kind of just like against uh, especially at Anfield as well, playing Blackburn. Yeah. Just absolutely crushing them. West Ham crushing them. Crushing them, yeah. 
Yeah. Villa again crushing them. And crushing uh, them. That, exactly. was, that was at a time when, like, you know, Villa and Blackburn, decent teams. Yeah, very decent teams. And Sam Allardyce Blackburn was really good. Uh, Martin O'Neill's Villa was really good. Um, I think it was where we just lost it was because we lost to Middlesbrough in January. Mm-hmm. Then we drew with that that pool and hole. I think, I think we, I think we dropped a few points at home. Yeah, yeah, and points we weren't supposed to be dropping. So again, what if we had like a, a semi-decent striker up front instead of like Gavin and Gog? Yeah, and it's quite ironic because all United had to do that year was throw on Makeda, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it? He went and, and he went and you know swung the pendulum back there. That was that was the all-time most United moment ever. When you think about it, ever, ever, Villa were playing fairly well. They bring on some guy who was working in a kebab shop or something, and (laughs) (laughs) scores an absolute screamer. And they, you know, they end up winning the league. Obviously, I mean, you know, that wasn't the result of them winning the league, but it just cemented it. It It's like just a big pie in your face to say have some of that. But just we've suffered. I think the moment that stands out that season was, you know, Dossena lobbing and just Old Trafford. Yeah. By the way, probably, was, uh, probably one of the all-time greatest weeks for someone. Scoring against yeah. Real Madrid and then like, scoring an absolute pe- peach of a goal at Old Trafford. What performance that was again at Old Trafford, man. Yeah. From, what, from, being, was... from being 1-0 down as well. just Absolutely mental, man. That performance is absolutely incredible. It was just like Gerard and Torres just at the peak of their powers. Mm-hmm. And um, I think before the game, our below got injured and I was absolutely stressing. Stressing. I, I can't I remember saying to my dad that I was lost, man, because we had to play Hoopier. I was thinking, nah, he's too slow. He's just going to get absolutely bamboozled by Ronaldo, Tevez and Rooney. And, mate... He marshaled that backline so well, so well. So only scored that. It was Sammy's last, last season, that wasn't it as well? Yeah, it was his last season. Yeah, it was his last season. He just it was just he he used a lot of class. Probably, I, mean, I think he's yeah. No, he's probably one of the the, the most underrated and oh, yeah. just fantastic Premier League signings for the amount that we got him for. We got him for like two point three million. Yeah, played for ten years and. Wasn't the quickest, but mate, his brain worked quicker than the majority. And he was a really good footballer. Yeah, I, I think that game also proves that Virgil versus Vidic is, you know, no debate as well. Yeah, he, he got torn to pieces in that match. He got sent off as well. Yeah, he did. He did. He couldn't handle the pace of Torres, the power of Gerard. He just couldn't. He couldn't. And having those two just run at you yeah. constantly for ninety minutes is absolutely scary. He was bamboozled so many times when he had to go up against Torres. So many times. Like the, the, the equaliser, it was just plain that he was bamboozled because it's like normally you wouldn't let that ball bounce, you just absolutely get rid of it. But he let it bounce and he saw Torres come in, the ball was bouncing, his head was absolutely gone. That was a good finish as well. Absolutely. Torres. Oh, quite a finish. Possibly, probably, yeah, probably one of the best if not the best natural finisher of a football I think I've ever seen um, at Liverpool. I just thought Michael Owen yeah. used to have a, a, you know, a, a quality 
quality finish on him. Uh, but Torres, just the, the way he kind of like, he controlled the ball, do the half turn, and then somehow still managed to slide perfectly in the corner. Yeah. With the right amount of power, the right amount of venom on the shot. Just such a quality player in his, in his pump. He, he, he was, his first season, he was absolutely top notch. Absolutely top notch. Some of the goals he was scoring was out of the world, out of this world. I remember he scored um, a mental goal at, against Middlesbrough. Oh yeah, yeah. He he slipped and then he got up and that he just one, lashed it. In. He just yeah. absolutely lashed in that goal. <laughs> uh, mental goal against Blackburn at home. Yeah. The volley, the half, the volley when he's looking away from the goal. That goal was mental. I think I think his goals in the Champions League they were also something. I think yeah. The goal against Marseille, the goal against Inter Milan, the goal against Arsenal, the oh, goal against Chelsea. The goal against you know. the goal against Inter Milan. Oh my god, that's something special. That turn of yeah, he was he was definitely that was probably money well spent there. Yeah. I said I was reading something I was, uh, I saw a tweet earlier saying that um why isn't uh Torres kind of vilified in the same way that uh kind of Raheem Sterling is. Um yeah. Yeah, you know, a, a fair point, but I think when you look back now at kind of like all the things that Torres was, was promised or asked to do. You can kind of understand. You can understand why he left. Yeah, promises weren't kept. I mean, people need to realize that footballers are also human beings. I mean, if you tell a human being one thing and you do another thing, he's within his rights to just walk away. Like, why? Why should he be there? Why should he like trust you anymore? It's, and, um, it's no different to any normal workplace. That's literally that. Like, if you're, if you're, if the bosses of the directors say like you're gonna get this, that, and the, and the third, if you can do this, and you do that but then they don't match up on their promises. What's the point of staying? Why would you stay? You will leave. The first thing you'll do is hand you a note and say, I'm not here. Really. And um, we expect loyalty from footballers, but then we don't give loyalty to them. Yeah. And it bamboozles my head. Absolutely bamboozles. Like, I understand if a player comes out and speaks negative of the club, cool. You can you can have him off. You say, like, no, we're not having him done this, that, and But if, if you say to someone, like, look, stay with us with this and we'll help you do that and you don't do it, mate, he's well within his rights to leave. Absolutely well within his rights. Oh, 100%. Suppose, what if Torres had stayed? Would we have got Suarez? Yeah. Well, appa- one. well, apparently, he was I think they were still bringing Suarez in regardless of what happened. Uh, yeah. So then, what if we had Torres and Suarez? Oh. <laughs> Mate. Right. Torres, Torres was still on his, not his last legs, but I know the injuries were hitting him a bit hard. Yeah. So if you would have yeah. had, you would have Suarez to do a lot of the water carrying, and then Torres to knock the back, knock the ball in the back of the net. Whew, yeah. That would have been. Wow. That, that would have been, been something special. What if we just saved the money and didn't buy Carroll? What yeah. happens in the summer? Oh, D- Damien Kamali would have done something disgusting with that amount of money. Yeah, probably, probably still would have bought Carroll, to be fair. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think that, that I think that signing set us back a bit. Because it's similar to like the Ben Teke signing, that like you're signing players who don't match your philosophy or the way you play. Mm-hmm. It's like, because I think that's what that was the like, downfall of Dalglish because he tried to shoehorn Carroll into the team. Because remember when we played up front, we had um, 
Dirk Kaut, Suarez and Maxi Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And they were just moving into taking so well for the midfield to find them in, in different positions of the pitch. But then when you have someone like Carroll, whose main game is to just get the ball in the air, let him hold it down and bring others into play, it doesn't work. Because, like for instance, he's going to hold it down and everyone's gone forward. Now they have to come back five yards because you're holding and you slow that play. Yeah, he was really slowing up the play. Yeah. So that signing, signing Carroll didn't really make any sense. I get it, he was the hottest thing in England at that time, but surely that like, you could have held your held your money a bit tighter. Yeah. No, um completely agree. Just going back to the Anelka point, uh, just for a second. I think he scored fourteen goals for City the season he signed for them and then sixteen goals the season after. Oh, that's what I mean. So, I mean, the, ret- the return is there and they signed it for 13 million as opposed to the 10 million we pay for Juif. So, just... so, and he, I did add that 16 to the 16 Michael Owen scored. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Michael Owens probably had the same record as him that time. Probably like, yeah. So, add the 16 to the 16 Michael Owen scored or to the lesser number to the 8 or 9 that um, Heskey scored and we push ourselves up the table. It's it's it is insane just how these little moments can kind of change the course of because of what you know. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. Don't want people come back to me. Oh yeah, what hind- yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. But even at that point, you can still see like yeah, this added a bit of quality here will help us in the long run. So from that was that season that we we lost on last the last game to, to Chelsea and Chelsea yeah. got Champions League, Chelsea like Chelsea got Champions League. And that we, was we didn't. That, that was 2003, 2004, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Season before that, because 2003, 2004, we finished fourth. But by the skin of our teeth, mm. if I remember right. By the skin of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we drew with like, Newcastle last game of the season. So from that, so from that, se- so from that yeah. season, Michael Owen got 19 goals. Um, okay. As our top goal scorer. And Nalco got 15, sorry. Um, so if you would have paired the two together... Yeah, probably would have been, it, it would have, it would have done the job. We would have just done the job. We would have pushed us a bit higher. But yeah, I think it just just in the long term of things as well. Um, I mean, with the, the style of football we're playing back then was completely different to like any. Well, it's two different. It's two different sports really when you look at the style of football we're playing then compared to what we do now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely, absolutely insane. But whilst on this topic of strikers, uh, another one if that I did want to cover was, uh, and we're all kind of like in that decent age bracket to know uh, how good Michael Owen was as a young professional before that first injury. So my my what if per- personally is what if Michael Owen wouldn't have, wouldn't would not have got that first hamstring injury? Mate, where would he have been? Because this is a guy who basically won a Ballon d'Or whilst he was crocked. Yeah, I actually I listened to that podcast actually, and yeah, he said that you know he won the Ballon d'Or and he wasn't even operating. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, Which is insane because that that injury took a, a, away a lot of his pace uh, in in the grand scheme of things. Because he was, I remember that first that first full season. I mean, that was like kind of one of the first seasons where I started watching football properly, uh, where that kind of like cognitive age where you can kind of like. Sink in the game and know what's kind, know what's going on on the pitch and the little kind of attributes that made players, you know, decent in your eyes back then. 
Um, but his pace was just, it was just, it was so rapid. And the way he could just get on a ball, beat his last man, and then finish just so sweetly. And he had that extra yard of pace he can get in front of any defender. He was, he was so good. So good. Yeah, he, he just... He was mental. He was like a tornado, man. He's come out of nowhere. Um, yeah, you're right, getting in behind was his, uh, was his forte. And, and with Owen, he was a very intelligent striker. Like you think you've got him, but he's always on. He's just watching his movement. Was his movement was sensational as well. It was. Don't you find it mad that he never scored that twenty league goals? That that is pretty wild. Because he went. Yeah. Um. Because he, he, he. I think his highest one was nineteen. Which yeah. just Never ever break twenty. That was weird. That was weird. But the fair team, he usually got injured, didn't it? I mean, it's, it's also the fact that he did the business for England as well. Yeah, 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 and I think, and I think, obviously, bar, uh, take away that like, him going to Man United. So before that, I think a lot of, like, I, I remember watching something, and um, they always used to watch. Someone, somebody wanted to find out why he didn't get the love that I like the likes of like Fowler or Steven Gerrard, even Carragher, so that used to get. And he was a thing. It was whereby one, he obviously wasn't scouse. Two, he's like. He never really, people thought like he never really played for the shirt. Like he was just out here for himself to just prove that like, he's the best. And you can tell when he plays for England, like he just wanted to be the best. Like he always played for England. And, and, and it's kind of weird because even before him joining Man United, he never really got that, that adulation that we give to like, someone like Gerard. Because for Liverpool, he was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, people my age, probably our generation. Mm-hmm. They would lie if they said that they didn't really watch him, watch study watch him because of because of um Michael. I, I always say when I first saw Mbappe play, as mad as this will probably sound to some people, but the similarities between those two. It's rapid, absolutely rapid strikers in behind and mental finishers. The, the way they finish, the way they can go from a static position to full speed like that. The, the the comparison between the two is just it, it's shockingly similar to the, the player profile. This is crazy that is to be that quick on the foot, and you got to watch out for your hammies, man. Oh, and I think yeah. I don't think I don't think Liverpool helped him. I don't think Liverpool helped him at all. He played yeah. too many games at such a young age. I think alongside Torres, he's probably one of the most natural finishers that we've had in recent yeah. times. Oh yeah, well, yeah, in recent times, yeah. Yeah, obviously throwing father then, but the father's of a different generation. Yeah. But yeah, him yeah, him and um him and Torres are just naturally put the ball in the in an eighteen yard box and they're at least hitting the target. Yeah. At least hitting yeah. the target. Yeah. Did you guys listen to his uh podcast with James Carroll and Michael Owens one? I didn't finish yeah, it. Yeah, I think even on that he also alluded to that you know his heart was set on coming back to Liverpool after Madrid then I think because of I think Matt is upstairs at Liverpool you know that never transpired um, and I think that does hurt him as well from well from what he said in the podcast but yeah you yeah tell, you know yeah you, you, you could definitely tell when he was I mean, feel like it was more towards was it more towards the end of the podcast where he was talking about it, where it's, it's not nice knowing that yeah he, when, when he goes to Anfield he's still no kind of like 
treat it's like Ellis said, he's not treated as like you know a Gerard is or um, a Carragher is. Like he should, he feels like he should have that respect, which yeah, you know, to 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 a certain degree is true. But also the fact that you know you also went to Man United, which is, yeah. it's just one of those yeah. things that you don't do. Literally, you can go to. There's two teams you just don't go to. It's even like Evan. People are going to But you don't go to Man United. Absolutely not, man. No, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. Don't do that, man. That's just you saying that there's a big FU to Liverpool. In the the wrestling business, that is what is known as a heel turn. Uh, Literally. Literally. (laughs) Uh, Any other uh, decent what-ifs to discuss, gents? I wanted to bring up one. Now, I know you guys mentioned... um, Virgil van Dijk is, mm-hmm. you know, the missing piece of the jigsaw. But what if Carius never rolled it out to Benzema? Then, you know, we wouldn't have got Alisson. Yep. We wouldn't have got Champions League. Yep. I think so do you reckon more we, closer to home. Do you reckon that, we still do you reckon we still lose that game? Um Well Salah was off, wasn't he? Um Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I yeah. don't know. Um, I think we do because we didn't have enough on the bench to change it. Yeah, it was it was when yeah you know, when they put Bale on. Obviously, everything changed because he was he was a different class that evening. Um, regardless of if the keeper was crap or not. Um, I mean, regardless, it was still it was still nil nil at that point. Yeah, such still a big, nil-nil. such a massive momentum swing. Yeah. And I think that that has its similarities to 1314 in many ways, in the sense of you know, it would have been a great achievement for us that year. You know, we'd just gone on, you know, turn of the year momentum, beat City, smash Roma, and then um, yeah, see the final. It's yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're right in that one uh, in terms of uh, it is very similar to the 1314 season where it's again the the catalyst for change. It's kind of the catalyst for change for Klopp to say, not abandon that idea of signing players for more amounts of money, but it's more getting the right fit of player in that we need at the time. So, you know, regardless of paying, you know, you are playing a world record fee for a goalkeeper, it's the correct thing to do because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Allison is the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. There's, there's, and I think he fully justified that last year as well. Oh, you know, completely he, agree. Completely agree. Yeah, I'm, I, I reckon if Carius was there, I don't think we would want won the Champions League. That Napoli um, game goes a lot, lot different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even in even, even in the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the Tottenham game. I mean, obviously, majority of his saves to the normal man is like yeah, routine saves, but it's not because he's held onto the ball at vital times. He's pushed the ball away at vital times. Mm. I'm sure Carius would have. Slip one, one of them would have slipped, and somebody would have gobbled up. I think um, the signing of the signing of Allison is up there with Virgil van Dijk. For me personally, I think it's probably more important than Virgil van Dijk. I mean, we could just look at what happened a couple of weeks ago against you know Atletico. If Allison was there, I'm, I'm I'm sure we would be in the next stage of the Champions League right now. So. If you take away, obviously Watford was a bit of an anomaly, but then then again, what can he have done? 
Yeah. What could yeah. they have done for those goals? I think one of them was a case of they, they were all crap as opposed to one person yeah. being crap. Yeah. Uh, but but no, you're right. It's against Atletico Madrid. He probably he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't roll that ball out. He he holds on to it. He's got a bit more in-game intelligence. Um, exactly. Yeah. And he probably does a lot better job of the, the second Lorente goal. Um, yeah. Again, it's, it's even little things of Allison, though he doesn't—he doesn't spill the ball, does he? You know, nah. He's like, you, see, you see balls coming, you know, shots coming to him, and they're so quick and they've got so much pace on them, and he just still manages hold- to like just hold them. Just hold it. It's like in Dragon Ball Z when like one of them Saiyans come from, from um wherever they're fucking from, and it's like they're just batting away everything. Now it's heart just bam, bats it away. Just like, or when when Margin Boo goes into his final form and just like everyone's doing it, and he's just there flinging them away. Like that's what it looks like with Allison, man. Absolutely yeah. mental player. And I suppose, I suppose even when he catches it, he's so quick to distribute it. You know, yeah. a couple of good goals yeah. last year, the goal against United this year. You know, he's just yeah. so quick and uh, accurate. Yeah, he's, Very accurate. Definitely makes a difference. He does. No, definitely, he's just, he's just such a quality player. Um, but no, again, it's another missing piece situation, isn't it? Um, I think that uh, that final as well really brought the, the mentality of the team out as well because it would have been yeah. so easy for them to kind of feel feel sorry for themselves and take the season after you know a little bit more sloppy. But they, you know, they, they did the business in the Champions League. They they write they write it that wrong. They they took it to the, the very the very last day, the last kind of ten minutes of the season, the season after, and it just they build on, build on, and it's like Klopp says that the, the mental the mentality monsters aspect of things. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. What if we didn't get Klopp? Where would we be now, man? I hate to think. You hate to think that would be, man. Who do you think would even be manager? Um, if it wasn't, obviously, if, if Roger still goes and we can't get Klopp. Um, I think, it obviously, it would still be one of those young coaches on the continent who work in, who already work in that kind of model that we have. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it could be Ralph Ranyak, Roberto Martinez. It could have been something just like that. Nanglesman. So I felt like um wasn't Ancelotti in the frame for the job as well. Uh yeah, he was. That bit, that's a decent what if actually as well. What huh? if, that that's a decent what if actually. What if yeah. it would have been Carlo Ancelotti as opposed to uh, Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he would have left. I don't think he would have. We wouldn't have given uh, the funds. We wouldn't have given the funds to spend. No, not at all. Not at all. It's impressive that you know. It's the, the most impressive thing for me about about Klopp is that, that the exact same team that Rogers had that he assembled that season you know, took them to two finals and had, yeah had uh, had them playing pretty good football off the off the bat. It's off the rip. It's yeah. off the rip, man. It's literally just off the rip. You started the thing. Shows the importance. Easy. It just shows the importance of having someone, someone who can come in and set a, set a 
you know, a fantastic culture and have everyone's buy-in at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 I think it's very important. Even another what if, like, I've just, just flashed into my head. I think when we've got rid of Benitez, we're looking for a new replacement. Um, I think Manuel Pellegrini's name was Pellegrini's name was in the hat. Also, Ralph Ranyak's name was in it. I remember reading about Ralph Ranyak, and I think that was the guy that I really wanted because I just like what I like what I read about him. And then we got well, Hudson for some weird reason. <laughs> that was that is a um, Carragher and Gerard. Uh, Mistake, if if we can call it that. Uh, Joe Cole that summer as well. Oh, the singular worst transfer window I've ever seen anyone ever have. Yeah, let's let's not talk about the transfers in twenty (laughs) ten. Mate, that was absolutely horrendous. Just diabolical. I I just thought of another what if actually. What if company got sent off last year? Yeah. When Salah flicked it by him. As is that? Did he win the league? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Probably. What, or what if we got a penalty against the... No, I think at the start of the City game last year, when you know, when they beat us 2-1, I think yeah. in the first half, there was a 50-50 between Salah and company. I think Salah yeah. flicked it around him and the yeah, company just completely took him out. Like, horror, horror challenge, really. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you do that? You yeah, exactly. it. You know what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you've done. It's just even exactly. against Leicester, um, when a Naby Keita got fouled, we didn't get a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So many par- suppose- there's, there's so many parallels parallels at the moment between that. Yeah. Um, that, that 12-13 season when Suarez kept getting fouled and just did not get penalties whatsoever. Um, Love no, just just got no got no no calls. And then 13-14 when he was getting fouled, got all the calls he needed. Yeah, it was crazy, isn't it? It's just, it's just it's it's crazy how officiating goes that way more than anything. But I, it, I, it's weird because like footballers are, are stuck in a in like in a little paradox like. Do you go down, make a meal of it, and then get accused of cheating, or do you try to stand up, uh, get known for being a fair player, but then you don't get no penalties when someone's hacking at your ankles? <laughs> you can't win. <laughs> you can't win, mate. You can Me personally, like, obviously, I'm not advocate for cheating, but mate, if you get touched, just go down, bro. Go down, just because in my mind, there's nothing like different from appealing for a throwing or a corner that you know is not yours. And then going down from a challenge, however soft. At the same way, you're still trying to gain advantage both ways, no? Yeah, this is in my mind. Anyway, because like, if you keep on getting hacked at your ankles and the referee's not giving you, what is the point? What, why are you missing these things? Like He's stopping me from moving on to goal unfairly. Just give a penalty, bro. He doesn't have to go down like he's been shot. Just give a penalty, man. No, that's, that's, completely, that's completely fair. It's one of those situations where the defender's been put in a bad spot and he's made the error. So, should then get punished for said error, especially if he's made contact with you for no apparent reason. Simple. Simple. You've made an error, get, get your punishment for making an error. Literally. It's, 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 such, a, it's such a good way of looking at things. 
Yeah, I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah, it is. But why would you put yourself in that position in the first place? Though? No, it's true. It's 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 a good point. Um, if else, boys, in terms of the what ifs, I think there's so many out there, but we've covered we've covered a lot of the good ones. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just basically, that's what football's made of. Like, what if? Like, obviously, any fan can do do a what if. It's just. It's just one of them things that like, you look back on things like, oh, what if we done this like that? What if we done it like that? Maybe, maybe some things are just destined to be. Like you have to go through, you have to go through those things to get to another like position. Definitely, it's all part of the game. Yeah, yeah it's all part of the game at the end of the day, isn't it? That's just, and you can't that. Like, it's just one of them things, man. Yeah, no, it's, it reminds me of um, I don't know if you've seen is it Interstellar. When it's kind of in that um, that kind of vortex thing, and you can see it through all these different moments and all these different parallel universes, so the amount of sliding doors moments in football is absolutely insane. Like the last half, like the last half, Markovic one. What if he scores that goal against Sunderland? This is his career completely different. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Or what if Jordan Ibey scores that absolutely bang off against Everton? Yeah. Is he not crashing his car into coffee shops? Who knows? Who knows, <laughs> Who knows mate? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, L Amic, is there anything that you guys want to cover off while we've got a little bit of time left? Um, how are you lot finding no football, man? This is mental. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got one actually. What, what if uh, we that VAR decision went against us against United and City dropped another three points somewhere along the line? Yeah. Or now we, would we be champions? Exactly. Now would yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's, oh, that's such a cruel one. If yeah. <laughs> no, I think we we would, wouldn't we? We yeah, yeah. I think we just need yeah. It's just one of those, isn't it? Like you know, it's like I I don't know for you guys, but in the back of my head, it's just like you know, what's what's going to happen to our season? How's it going to pan out? Yeah, yeah. I think I think we we spoke about this last week. Yeah, it's thing like. It's, I get, I get it from a human point of view. You can't, you can't do anything until what we're going yeah. through. You're like, yeah. you just can't do anything. Nothing should be spoken about until what we're facing right now because this is unprecedented. This is human lives at risk. You know what I mean? Some things are more important than football at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But then, as a football fan, as a, as a selfish football fan who wants, like, who wants to watch the thing he loves watching, it's like yeah. you cannot, you can't continue... You can't continue this season, or you can't start next season without finishing this season, because it doesn't make no sense. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, like, this season has to be settled in my. Opinion. It has to be completed. Like it just has to be complete. Don't don't like we said last week on the pod. Don't give us nothing. Don't award anything to anyone. Just finish the season. Finish it off. Um, dot your eyes, cross your t's then we can move forward because at the end of the day, if you don't do that, you're going to be bombarded with so many lawsuits. Like You're going to have so many lawsuits to your eyeballs. By the time you finish going through it, like we've missed like four seasons of football. Yeah. It's just so many variables that need to be settled. It's just so many things that just needs to be settled. Like now, they've postponed Euro 2020. They've postponed that, um, I think, uh, UEFA 
one is uh, postpone the Champions League and Europa League just so everyone can finish their league. Um, we've seen, I think, between last week and this week, a few articles have come out in regards to if the season isn't finished, the clubs will have to pay back some money to the broadcasters and it's nearly almost like a billion pounds to pay back to broadcasters. Nobody wants to do that. Like If it's not finished, a lot of teams may go under because he's can't afford it. It's just too many, too many intangibles. It's just too, just many, thought, too many. I just thought of another what if. What if when the draw for the last 16 was made and we were on the other side of the draw? Because have you seen how half the Champions League games are still yet to be played? Yeah. So if oh, we were yeah. on the other side of the draw, then, yeah. you know, we would still be in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. That'd be crazy. I feel like he was. Yeah. Just, I feel like he was irresponsible for UEFA to let that game go ahead with a crowd yeah. more than anything. I mean, I know we we advocate for the Anfield atmosphere as much as we can because it's a real thing and it exists. But it felt irresponsible to have two sets of fans travelling from two different two different yeah well not even two different locations from so many different locations to this one place when yeah. you've got something something going on you know uh, can affect everyone it's just it was just crazy especially, yeah. especially the Spanish fans coming from Spain who had a few cases yeah and they get to play behind closed doors it's, it's a bit mental still it's, yeah it's crazy because one of one of my one of my, my uh, one of my mates went, went up for the game from London and on the coach back uh, there was a few Atletico Madrid fans on his coach and it's like you don't know if they're the same guys who you know could possibly have the uh, virus, etc. So there's just too many. There's just too many variables. It's just craziness. Yeah. And then I, I think UEFA must have realised that was way too risky. And, you know, I think it was the next day they they postponed all the Champions League fixtures, didn't they? Oh really? Yeah. yeah I think it was the very next day they postponed. Because <laughs> was it the uh, was the PSG Dortmund game was the same night, wasn't it? And yeah. That was obviously That's behind closed doors. Yeah. Closed doors. Yeah. 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 Just such a weird. It's such a weird situation, but I mean, I I, I do literally anything. I'm I've become so not not bored at this point, but it just feels like I need something to fill, fill my time as well. Then yeah, it, it makes you it makes you realise how kind of granted you take football for, or just like live sport in general. Because I'd kill to have Burnley v Bournemouth on TV right now, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I'll absolutely kill to have it, man. It's just like you just want to you want you want to be distracted from what's happening outside. Exactly, and that's why I think that's why it has to finish as well because you need to have yeah. some you need to have some form of normality back in your life. Yeah, and of course, yeah, and something that you can have to look forward to, and something to, to the whole thing of football being the weekend, something that you work through your week towards to get to yeah, the end. It. Exactly, you talk about it during the week, like from from like Saturday to about Wednesday. You speak about the weekend, and from Wednesday to the following weekend, you talk about what's going to happen, and you make your plans around football. You just now just just there, just there, man. It's crazy. We live in crazy times. If they, you know, do try and settle it in in the summer with playing those games in the space of six weeks man. that would be that would be good fun in the sun wouldn't it just it would, yeah. every day <laughs> it would actually, be a yeah. new match you know just, just watching watching football and hopefully you know fingers crossed we'll have it wrapped up by yeah, then yeah. as well 
So. Are we mad that that means would they have to cancel the cup games and just whack out the Premier League games? I feel like they'd have to. That's a very. very... I don't even know what they do with the uh, FA Cup at the moment. Yeah, it'd be a bit. I think with with the cups, it'll be easier to to avoid because nobody can flat out come and come out and say, "Yeah, well, we was gonna win it." Because it's like knockout competition. Yeah. So anything can happen, and they everyone's like, but with a league, with a league is a bit hard to say like, oh yeah, you wasn't gonna win the title. Mm, it was about twenty five points ahead. All you needed six points, six more points <laughs> to win it. So yeah. it's more likely we're gonna. You know what I mean? Like, or someone else who's who's relegated and like, oh you, you, they can't come and say, oh we wasn't gonna get relegated. Um, I mean you're like. 10 points away from safety with nine games. You've lost your last five games. I'm not too sure if if I can see you turning the corner there. So, but with knockout games, it's a bit like, I I can't really tell if you was, nobody knows if you're going to win it because you could have been on a bad run of form, but with a knockout, anything can happen. Yeah. So I think it'll be easier for them to avoid the knockouts, um, pay off the sponsor, but with the league, I think they'll have to, have to finish it. It's a lot of money as well. Expect for the Premier League, the broadcasting, they need to settle all of that financially as well. Oh, yeah, it's massive, what, massive sums of money. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, that's what happens when you sell your soul, isn't it? <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you sell your soul, mate. I mean, again, it's, it's crazy times to live in. And, yeah, hopefully, we get to a point where we can have some football back in our lives uh, sooner yeah. rather than later. Because that means that the situation yeah. around us has calmed down to a point where we can actually start living our lives properly again. So, literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I am um, boys. Um, thank you both for joining me this week to talk all things what, what NFC past more than, <laughs> more than anything, and a little bit of NFC future. Uh, L Amic, thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, we'd love to have yeah. you. Back. We would definitely love to have, love you have love to have you back on in the future. Um, of course. Pleasure. Oh, thanks, mate. No, not a problem. Uh, of course, you can keep up with a wider conversation of, uh, you know, what footballer did you like from your prime and any kind of topic-based questions by using the hashtag TouchlineFrackCats. Um, I have been your host, Christian, and I've been joined by Alice and Amic this week to talk about all things NFC, and we will hopefully see you next week to discuss some more random NFC topics. So until then, we'll see you soon. Adios. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Sports Social Podcast Network.